0: What's happening guys, Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Cabinet today for June the 5th of 2019. I do hope this one finds you well and if you are brand new to the show, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news and I fill you in on what is happening in the gaming industry. And today, we have even more pre-3 leaks as they tend to be called. Destiny 2 is getting a big new expansion, revealed before E3 technically, but with the announcement coming. this Thursday, we now know what that is going to entail. On top of that, Rocksteady will not be at E3. There's a big PS4 update coming down the pipe. The Genesis Mini full games list has been revealed. Unfortunately, some big layoffs we're going to be talking about today. On top of GameStop still floundering, Fable 4 rumors are a flying. And it could be a pretty impressive sequel ikea has some new stuff that you could buy on the cheap and probably never use, but still you could buy it on the cheap xbox deodorant is now a thing on top of body wash and there is a new cereal you should probably try at some point if you are a fan of sonic you don't have to i probably wouldn't but it's out there if you do want it and it should be coming out later on in the year so we'll talk about all of your cereals and all of that Oh god, why? Uh, but anyways, if you are brand new here, I do hope you enjoy today's show, and of course, you can subscribe on YouTube and Twitch. Actually, follow on Twitch, subscribe on YouTube. I don't, I'm don't. i not asking for your money, necessarily. If you give it to... I mean, I. yeah, but anyways, links for all of that are below this video or somewhere around the video, depending on where you are looking. However, enough of me peddling my own wares. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top stories. A Destiny 2 leak reveals Shadowkeep expansion set on the moon. A spanking hot new leak has revealed the next Destiny 2 expansion, and it's set in the place from which wizards come. Shadowkeep, which will take Destiny players back to the moon, will go live later this fall. Bungie plans to officially reveal Shadowkeep during a livestream on Thursday afternoon, but word has leaked out today thanks to data miners digging through the PC files in today's big Destiny 2 update, Season of Opulence. The above screen is likely meant to pop up when you log into the game after Shadowkeep is unveiled on Thursday. The moon was one of Destiny 1's major locations but has not yet made an appearance in the sequel which came out in 2017. The pre-E3 leaks never end and more are coming on Bungie's stream on Thursday. And so, we will see if this is in fact legitimate, but without a doubt, it is in fact legitimate. So what exactly is Shadowkeep? Let's read the official description. The next chapter in the Destiny experience arrives this fall as terrifying shadows descend upon a forgotten moon. Return to the lunar surface, journey deep into a mysterious enemy citadel, become a slayer of nightmares, and of course, as of Thursday afternoon, it will be available for pre-purchase. And so, what do we think about Destiny 2 Shadowkeep? A very cool concept, and I will say it's one that I think is going to be uh, very much so in line with what Destiny players expect. And I think it's going to be a pretty cool expansion if the cards are played properly now the announcement comes in the midst of a lot of eyes on the world of destiny because the raid launched this week menagerie uh, is a very big new raid that came to the game i watched the uh, world's first race on the night that it officially was released and man is it insane to see how many people still love destiny and i think that's what proves the future of the game going forward Now, of course, did Destiny 2 do as well as people thought? No. Is it in the state that people thought it would be at this point in the game? No. There are still many issues with the title overall. Even taking that into consideration, it's still impressive to see so many people come back to the game around the raid, and that definitely shows that when the fall rolls around and a new expansion comes, people are still going to be playing this game regardless of what happens. Of course, Borderlands 3 definitely going to be a big contender when it comes to looter shooters this fall. Uh, A couple of other games here and there that are doing the same exact kind of thing if Anthem comes back, which again, unlikely, but if Anthem comes back could be a big contender. We've seen weirder things, such as with Destiny 2, Uh, but Shadowkeep, cool idea, and I think it's pretty much driven by nostalgia, because the moon was such a major location in the original Destiny, I think Destiny 2 players are going to be glad to get back to the location that kind of started it all. I remember on the night that I picked up the original Destiny when I was in high school and I got it on the PS4, the moon is one of those locations in the game that stands out of my mind as being number one, very well designed, uh, but number two, gorgeous on top of that and also a very engaging part of the game. So I think that to return to the moon and do more events on the moon and have a new experience on that location is going to be a pretty awesome addition to the Destiny 2 lineup. But again, we will know more on Thursday, and of course, if there's any kind of major info on this, I will break it down. But until then, I guess you'll just have to wait and read this short couple of sentences about what is going to be coming this fall. Of course, that is, unless you're raiding, and you're probably not watching this if you're raiding, and also good luck because the raid looks incredibly difficult. Rocksteady is not going to be at E3. That's a bummer, isn't it? Ever since Arkham Knight, fans have been clamoring to see what Rocksteady had up their sleeves. With the Arkham trilogy finally closing, there have been rumors that go from TMNT to Superhuman, or excuse me, to Superman to Justice League to Suicide Squad to an entirely new IP. But Rocksteady has been especially quiet the last four years. Speculation would. Was steadfast that this year's E3 would be the time for Rocksteady to debut what they have been working on, but that doesn't look to be the case. Sefton Hill, co founder of Rocksteady, whose current primary duty seems to be announcing on Twitter when Rocksteady won't be showing up at an event, has announced that Rocksteady will not be at E3. With now years since Rocksteady has released a game, the question now stands whether they will even get a second game out this generation. Of course, the other one being Arkham Knight. Is their current project now heading to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2? Or 4, whatever you want to call it, does generational hard cuts even mean anything anymore? Could Warner Brothers be prepping another December reveal and April release? Very likely. Like the very successful Mortal Kombat 11 pulled off this year, guess it will remain to be seen as of right now. But if you are curious as to which games will be at E3, Game Informer has you set up with an entire list of stuff that is going to be shown off and debuted, but nothing from Rocksteady. Kind of shocking, in my opinion. Again, I do want to reiterate, the only stuff that has come from Rocksteady includes, uh, I believe, Arkham Knight and then the VR experience that came out on the PlayStation VR, which, when it comes down to it, isn't that much content at all. And so, what exactly has Rocksteady been working on? something massive, I will tell you that. The next generation is going to kick off with a bang, because Rocksteady is a studio with a ton of talent. If you have not played Arkham Knight, the combat is so fluid, the world is so fleshed out, the environments are gorgeous, the writing is phenomenal. They make quality products, and I want to make that very clear. I love the Arkham games. I love Rocksteady. They do some incredible work over there. And however long it takes for them to do whatever they need to do, I approach this game like I approach Cyberpunk 2077. If it comes out in 2025, so be it. I'm ready to have it when you are ready to give it. Uh, So with that being said, even though they are not at E3, still excited about what they are bringing to the table. But hopefully we will see more maybe at next year's E3 as the next generation of consoles begins to really kind of roll along. Hypothetically, we could be getting a brand new Xbox this fall slash winter, and then on top of that, maybe even a new PlayStation if all of the cards are played properly, but I am betting 2020 for one, probably the PlayStation 5, if not both of those consoles. However, right now, we've all got PlayStation 4s, or at least most of us do, so PlayStation 4's newest update is going to bring 16-player parties, improved audio, and text transcription to chat. Sony is allowing PS4 owners to sign up for its preview program to be able to take an advanced look at some of the new features headed to PS4, including 16-player parties, improved audio quality for voice chat, and chat transcription. As detailed on the PlayStation blog, PS4 owners can begin by registering to be part of the preview program as a PS4 system software beta tester. However, it is important to note that if you do sign up to test these new features, you will not be able to join the same party or use SharePlay with those who are not in the program. If you do have friends who do not make it into the preview program, you will be able to redeem your preview code on 20 different qualifying accounts, ensuring you can still play all of your favorite games together with friends and family. Currently, PS4 users can only create parties of up to 8 players to play PS4 games, so this new update will double that for those who wish to play with more and utilize the improved audio quality for chat using gaming headsets, improved network con- excuse me, improved network connectivity, and chat transcription. For those in the U.S., testers will be able to try out the chat transcription feature, which will be available through Party and on the PS4 second screen app. Party voice chat will be converted to text on your second screen app, and players can type text, which will then be read aloud to other Party members. This feature is only going to be in the U.S. and will only be in English. PS4, which is climbing the list of the best-selling video game consoles of all time, with almost 100 million consoles sold, will undoubtedly continue to receive these updates and more, even though the first details of the yet-to-be-named PlayStation 5 have been revealed and so if you do have 16 party members that you want to get in to play games with then good news there's improved audio and you can do that now on top of text transcription to chat and chat transcription to audio all of them all of these all these they're all good features don't get me wrong but I could not imagine being in a party with 16 other people. I don't know if this is something that's normal. I don't know if that's something that happens, but I wouldn't be able to tell anyone apart. Unless there's some kind of big event going on, I have no idea why anybody would ever want to have 16 players in their party. I could be completely and totally backwards on this, and that could be something that people have been clamoring for for a very long time, but that just sounds very confusing to me. However, taking that one out of the bunch seems like some pretty good improvements. Of course, to be able to have audio to text is incredibly valuable for those that are hard of hearing maybe they want to focus on the gameplay audio entirely to be able to read what's happening in chat and then to be able to speak it back and then it go into text or however you want to process that uh sounds absolutely phenomenal but on top of that improved audio is something that is always going to be a big benefit for console party communication because if we remember the days of xbox live It was horrendous, Uh, and so to have that improvement coming to the PlayStation 4, which already has relatively good audio, is something that I think is a pretty good addition. So again, if you do want to check out the newest update, you will have to register for the PS4 System Software Beta Tester position. Sounds like you're applying for a job, but guess what? You are not. It's all free, and you're all just playing video games. But maybe you don't want the PS4. Maybe you want to go back in the day and get a Sega Genesis Mini. Good news, the entire list has been revealed of the games included on this little mini console. It has only been a few months since Sega unveiled the revamped Genesis Mini, their own take on the mini console that they spent the last two years making sure they got completely right. One of the most important factors in nailing the concept is the game library which Sega has slowly drip fried, drip fed, you don't fry things drip fed out since announcement now we finally have the last 12 games rounding out the full library of 42 with a surprising addition and that's the big story here today so of course you have the entire list that has been revealed including top uh games like sonic the hedgehog Eco the dolphin shining forest toe jam and earl comic zone altered beast more and more go down the list streets of rage 2 mega man the wily wars willy wars whatever it might be never was a big mega man guy. Uh, but then you get down to the new additions. You have Darius, Virtual Fighter 5, excuse me, Virtual Fighter 2. Virtual Fighter 5 came out on the PS3. Darius, Virtual Fighter 2, Alicia Dragoon, Monster World 4, Kid Chameleon, Road Rash 2, Eternal Champions, Columns, Dynamite Heady, Strider, Light Crusader, and. Tetris. That's the big one for me. Tetris is a shocking addition. Much like Star Fox 2 on the SNES Classic, for those who do not know, Tetris was fully developed by Sega, and an actual production run for the game started when some licensing issues halted the intended release. Supposedly, only 5 to 10 copies of the game exist, with Sega having likely ordered the entire first production run destroyed, but some employees having managed to sneak some out. One copy signed by Tetris Creator had an asking price of $1 million at auction. did not sell anywhere near that, but that gives you an idea of how much people think this is worth. The last 12 list also include the Genesis version of Strider, which is commonly considered the best of the games based off of the original arcade release. I'm also surprised the author says that anyone besides me remembers Elysia Dragoon, the game where you equip dragons as and they follow you around and fight enemies for you. Had to think about that one because it didn't make sense, but. If you do want to check out the full list, it's available on multiple sources, including Game Informer and the Sega Genesis Mini launches on September the 19th for $79.99 USD. Is it worth it? I suppose that depends on how much you like nostalgic games. Of course, this is all just completely and totally pandering to the Sega Genesis fan base which there is a good fan base for Uh, but to see these little small niche games coming into play to see these uh, new kinds of ideas these new uh, these new approaches to classic games where it's not just the big standout stars but also a couple of these little small indie games or at least what would be considered indie back in the day uh, that's a very cool approach to this and I think that adds a lot of value to buying a Sega Genesis mini but the Tetris game where there are only 5 to 10 copies left in the entire world uh, included on the Sega Genesis Mini, that's phenomenal. I love that idea, and I think it's going to be a big, big hit. Um, I'm glad they took the time to ensure that this was done properly, because when it comes to a miniature console, one that is just a couple of extra dollars uh, over the cost of a regular full-priced video game, the expectations of the consumer are relatively shifting. Number one, on one hand, you could have a very cool console for $80, packed with tons of games from your childhood or from the past that you want to go back and experience. Alternatively, on the other hand, it could be a steaming pile of garbage with games that are mediocre, ports that are horrible, and in general just a bad experience, and there is very uh, little that stands between those two perspectives. And so to be able to have a genuinely good, just a good console, that's what it comes down to, just a good mini console, that's something that is incredibly invaluable and something that's very exciting for fans of Genesis, the band not the console. Just kidding, the console. Uh, So if you do want to pick it up again, coming out September the 19th, 2019 for $79.99. Unfortunately, the next topic of the day includes big layoffs at the embattled Payday Studio Starbreeze. 60 job cuts have been made as developer bids to stay afloat. Embattled Swedish studio Starbreeze has announced plans to cut 60 jobs as part of its fight to stay afloat. The company behind the Payday franchise said it took the decision to make the organization more efficient and reduce costs and to be able to operate an efficient and profitable business long term. The layoffs, due to happen in November, will result in savings of about. £250,000 per month. Starbreeze currently has 240 employees. A Starbreeze source told Eurogamer company management is going about the layoffs by the book and is following Swedish law and regulations in the process. They have been very, very open with everything and they are actively looking to assist anyone affected up to the point of allowing shared portfolio projects internally of office hours and introductions to other companies in Stockholm, the source said. Starbreeze went into reconstruction in December of 2018 after the failure of Overkill's The Walking Dead. And of course, we can read all about that. And of course, there are episodes of Caffeine that go deeply into that issue. Since then, the company has cut costs by selling off parts of the business deemed non-essential and focusing on game development and publishing. In the past six months, we have made a number of changes to the business following our strategy to focus on the core business, Starbreeze CEO Michael Nurmark said. We have divested some operations that we consider non-core and we are now... And we now have to look inward to make the core business more efficient. To make staff reductions is a tough decision to make, but necessary to enable Starbreeze to develop well long-term. And that's the big issue here. Number one, they are handling this incredibly well. To be able to have a few months ahead of time to plan, for employees to be able to find other opportunities well ahead of the period of time in which they actually lose their job, that is very, very valuable. That's something that every employer should do in this unfortunate situation. On top of that, the assistance that's being given is incredibly invaluable as well. To be able to have uh, big head people in the gaming industry connect uh, other employees with other employers, that is a phenomenal asset to have as you do approach a time in your life and in which you are transitioning between jobs. Uh, And on top of that, this is something that is simply necessary for the studio to actually exist, because Overkill's The Walking Dead, on top of a couple of other botched projects and and initiatives, just simply killed this entire initiative. And so, if you do... Want to know what Starbreeze is working on? We will have to wait a bit longer. But of course, Payday 2 was their biggest, biggest game over the course of the past 10 years. But not too much else has come out significantly since then from the studio. And so we will have to see going into the next generation what they have up their sleeves because, man, they could use some good news right now, some good sales, even. And unfortunately, they are losing some employees and to those affected if you happen to be watching or if you know somebody that is affected my heart goes out you know i say this every time we have to report on any kind of cuts uh, any kind of layoffs whatever it might be it's a rough time you know and uh, and i hope the best and i hope everybody lands on their feet during that period but let's talk about another unfortunate business story gamestop cuts cost to deal with a plunge in console sales pause. I want to bring up a topic that I didn't plan on doing, but it's something that's worth talking about. If you do not follow Bungie Sales on Twitter, uh, I do want to... It's not Bungie Sales. What's it? Benji Sales. There we go. Uh, Benji Sales on Twitter is a phenomenal source of gaming industry uh, economic news, economic coverage, and he tweeted last night and said GameStop stock price has absolutely collapsed, trading at $5.48 in after hours trading. This is the lowest it's been since 2003. I hate to see people... People lose jobs, but I struggle to envision a world where GameStop exists in five years or at least not without widespread store closings. And so that's how we approach this story. GameStop cuts costs to deal with plunge in console sales. The end of this console cycle is not being kind to the retailer. The PS4 and Xbox One are clearly approaching the end of their main life cycles, and that's doing serious damage to GameStop's bottom line. The video game store's Q1 profits fell to 6.8 million dollars, just a quarter of what they were a year earlier, based on a steep 35% drop in new hardware sales. And that's after accounting for the Nintendo Switch's strong performance. While GameStop didn't explain the decline, gamers knew the next PlayStation and Xbox Scarlet were on the horizon, there wasn't much point to buying a current gen system. The much gentler dip in software sales for 0.3% 0.3% reinforced this. The retailer didn't expect the situation to improve anytime soon, either. It also unveiled a string of cost-cutting measures to stay afloat, including scrapping the company's share dividend, potentially saving $157 million per year, and merging ThinkGeek's online collecting sales with the main GameStop website. Just days earlier, GameStop had reshuffled its leadership with new chief customer officer and chief merchandising officer positions, as well as a new financial chief. Hardware sales are bound to tick upward when the new systems arrive, most likely in late 2020. However, the plummeting profits also reflect GameStop's fragility in an area where game downloads are replacing physical copies. Console sales are much more important these days, and that's a problem when there's hardware transition underway. And so this topic, this this story nails it. Uh, Console sales are down because the new consoles are coming out. I've thought myself about looking into maybe consolidating, getting a different console, whatever it might be. I don't want to make any moves because why would I spend three to $400 right now when I can wait just a couple of months and get the next Xbox or just wait one more year and get the next Xbox or the next PlayStation if the projections are to be accurate. And so that's absolutely killing GameStop right now because, again, they are pretty much relying on hardware sales as the main bulk of their income. As more and more people are going digital with their purchases, GameStop just doesn't have a place in the industry. And so the question is, will it exist in five to ten years i think there is a spot for the company if it does change drastically because again you can't rely necessarily on hardware especially towards the end of the generation I think what's going to end up happening with GameStop is that as the next generation of consoles does begin to roll out, that is going to be happening at just the perfect time to save GameStop from completely and totally going under. Because again, a lot of people, whenever they see a new console coming out, rush to GameStop to pre-order it. That's just the nature of the beast. But even this generation, this coming generation, is going to be different than anyone before. Because keep in mind, Amazon has blown up since PS4 and Xbox One have come out. That's something a lot of people don't really remember. Even back whenever these consoles launched around 2013, Amazon was big, but it wasn't the Amazon that we know today. And so to be able to have same-day delivery on the newest consoles, maybe even two-hour delivery on the newest consoles, that's going to be convincing a lot of people to just roll over in bed Click buy, wake up and play video games instead of having to get up at midnight or whenever the store may restock the shelves, go buy the console, come back home, then set it up. It's just a big inconvenience to go out to a physical retail store. But again, GameStop is shifting to this new GameStop 2.0 setup as well, where you do have a cultural kind of kind of point uh, the GameStop is trying to become, where it does uh, embrace stuff like these midnight releases where you come and celebrate with gamers about the newest game or the newest console. You come and you have tournaments and stuff in the stores. You come and you just shoot the shit about video games. That's what GameStop is trying to become Uh, more of a club for gaming rather than necessarily a retail store specifically to sell you things. They just hope you buy stuff while you're there hanging out. Of course, I don't necessarily want to hang out in a GameStop as it stands and play demos, but maybe some people do and maybe this will end up working in the company's favor. But as it stands right now, GameStop is not doing so well. And again, after hours trading is not looking favorably upon GameStop at all. However, maybe Fable 4 can save the company, because Fable 4 rumors have described a completely open sequel in which Albion is gone. Sounds like a pretty cool game. Fable 4 will reject Albion and firearms in favor of a new medieval-themed open world and possible other features a leak suggests. A video glimpsed by a Redditor and amplified by regular leaker Neville tells the story of a world built from the ashes of Albion. Albion, I believe I said that correctly, and Fable 3's Aurora. The two lands have been reduced to fables by a Mad King who rebuilt the Spire and wished for an asteroid to strike the planet. Eons later, a medieval-style world set across new continents has sprung up in their place and a hero's guild has survived behind a demon door. In fact, the leak describes some very specific links to Old Fable. Both the Prophet Teresa and Jack of Blades, the antagonist who blinded her, will apparently make some appearances. And so, it is claimed that your main quest will be to prevent the destruction of the planet by a second asteroid, but that is entirely optional. You can ignore that and explore at your own pace. The world is completely open and enables you to build towns, so there should be plenty to do. Fable 4 can be played in first or third person, heavily involves time travel, features an in-depth character creator, incorporates multiplayer, and runs in Unreal Engine. Does that mean it's going to be on Tesla? Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Apparently, anyway. All of the above comes with a huge disclaimer. Rumors about Fable 4 are not new. The game is said to have been in development at Playground Games, the Microsoft studio behind Forza Horizon, and we have been waiting for an E3 announcement for years, but perhaps this will be the one. Of course, with all these leaks coming out this week, this very well could be a valid leak in and of itself. But a big leak nonetheless. Of course, Fable is a game that people want to see more of. Uh, The entire Fable, uh, I was going to say genre, the entire Fable franchise has been in a bit of a limbo over the course of the past five years or so, because again, bad things going on behind the scenes i believe the studio that made fable closed down it wasn't looking so good then the ip kind of saw a resurgence it's a strange time right now for fable fans but fable 4 very well could be getting an announcement at this year's e3 and it sounds like a very cool game that is going to be catering to the fable fans it sounds like something uh, that is going to stay true to itself while also incorporating in new ideas and kind of giving a fresh start uh, to the entire game the the name of fable that's something that i think brings a lot of value in in today's day and age where fable isn't necessarily on the front of everyone's minds it would be nice to just have a complete and total fresh start but we will see what happens and this is likely going to be announced i would say at the xbox conference it feels like an xbox conference game uh, and again tons of games that are going to be talked about on that stage are going to be of course talked about over the next few days and this very well could be one of them but while you're playing all these games if you're playing on pc you might need a couple of IKEA peripherals to help your gaming habits along. IKEA launches gaming products focused on accessibility and esports. The range includes texture keycaps and a biometric wrist support. IKEA is partnering with medical wearables company UNYQ to release a line of gaming accessibility products. UNYQ designs and sells accessibility aids using 3D printing to create personalized prosthetic limbs and support braces for people with conditions like scoliosis. It developed a method of scanning a person's body to create 3D printed products which perfectly fit them. IKEA has taken inspiration from this technique for its series of gaming products called UPP co PPLA. I love these Swedish names because that's literally Upkoppla. Okay, I'm gonna go get an up wrist pad. The prototype products were presented at the company's annual design conference in Sweden, along with an app which measures biometric information. The series includes customized gaming accessories like texture keycaps and a mouse bungee, and the caps should be less slippery than regular keyboard caps, and the bungee keeps the mouse cord out of the way for precise movements. Both of these you can already buy on Amazon. There is also a biometric wrist support for improved comfort and prevention of wrist strain when typing or gaming. The app will scan your hand using the phone's camera, and you can then customize the wrist support to the shape of your body. These kind of products are traditionally sold to high-level eSports competitors, but when it's affordable at IKEA, more people will be able to use these with mobility issues and, of course, eSports as well. It's actually striking how unexplored this part of the gaming industry is, says Tommy Ingemarsen founder and CEO of Area Academy. Focus has always been on the hardware and everything else has been ignored. This is just the latest step in IKEA's accessibility efforts. Previously, the company has offered 3D printed add-ons for their furniture to improve accessibility, like easier to grab handles and lifts to raise couches. However, IKEA stores are not always welcoming to people with mobility issues. A petition on change.org points out that because the stores are so large, navigating them in a manual wheelchair is exhausting and makes it hard to carry items. Rather than being available in-store, the new products will be sold exclusively through an IKEA slash UNYQ app. In addition to this app, IKEA is overhauling its own main app to let people buy products online, removing the requirement to visit a store. Of course, also worth mentioning, you can already buy stuff on IKEA.com, but cool concept nonetheless. I'm glad to see this kind of thing being brought into IKEA. Number one, because I'm cheap as hell. And so to be able to have a mouse bungee sitting at IKEA or on the IKEA app for $4, $5, whatever it might be, okay, sure, why not? It's a great piece of hardware. On top of that, to have ergonomic stuff that increases accessibility and increases comfort for people during their gaming sessions, a very cool concept as well, something I might be interested in looking at myself. And so if you do want to jump in and check out what this new collaboration is bringing to the table, of course, there's a brand new app coming up that shows the collaboration between Ikea and UNYQ. And if you do want to download that, I'm sure it is going to be available via an app store near you but during these gaming sessions where you have been using your ergonomic mobility wrist rest to absolutely wreck people on any kind of game you might play you might get sweaty and you could use some xbox body wash and deodorant because xbox now has that congratulations a new line of fragrances wants to help gamers nab high score when it comes to body odor links known in the us as axe no shockers there, partnered with Microsoft for a line of hygiene products called Lynx Xbox, according to GameSpot. The line includes shower gel, deodorant, and body spray. Marketing Copy describes the aroma of these offerings as quote, a fresh scent of pulsing green citrus featuring top notes of kefir lime and winter lemon, aromatic herbal middle notes of mint and sage, and woody bottom notes of patchouli. What is that? And clear wood. Game on. Link's Xbox will be available only in Australia and New Zealand starting in July, with no word on whether there will be a global release. It has been since confirmed that at the moment there is no US release planned, and I got very sad, because I guess I'll have to stick with regular deodorant. Oh well. Microsoft does have its E3 press conference happening on June 9th at 1pm Pacific Time, and anything could be announced then, including some Xbox deodorant because everybody knows people at E3 need that. Links did not respond to a request for a comment, but who knows, these side-scrolling sundries could help gamers avoid smelling like they haven't showered in a fortnight. And then the author apologizes for that horrible, horrible joke. Uh, But do we need this? Absolutely not. Is this what gaming culture is all about? Absolutely. This is the equivalent of whenever Taco Bell hosts their annual Xbox giveaway. It just feels gamery. It's weird to describe this. But to have an Xbox-branded body wash, to have an Xbox-branded can of Axe or Lynx or whatever you want to call it, to have an Xbox-branded deodorant is just it just gets people and I don't know what it is. Now, will I be buying any of this? Absolutely not because there's no reason to. And more than likely, this is just a branding deal that kicks Xbox a couple of bucks here and there. Nothing specifically different about this specific line of body wash, deodorant, and Axe spray. But if you do want to pick up a bottle or two or seven and you live in New Zealand or Australia, congratulations, you can do that coming soon. But man... What a time to be alive. And on top of that, if you want to get even more merchandising in your life, congratulations, there is now a Sonic cereal on the way, including a little Funko Pop. Funko has been thinking out of the box for a while now, trying to get people to buy their dead eyed toys. One of their latest ventures, breakfast cereal. Those 90 kids will not be able to resist. And I say those 90 kids instead of those 90s kids because there are only 90 people that want to buy this. They're peddled at several partner stores, most notably GameStop and Hot Topic of all places, because gaming and clothing stores are the perfect food storage and have run the gamut of comic properties, films, television, and gaming, including stuff like Pac Man, Mega Man, and Cuphead. The newest one one, according to the Funko news site DisFunko, by way of GameStop database listing, is Sonic the Hedgehog. He will come with the signature Sonic Funko, holding a Chaos Emerald, and naturally, ring-shaped cereal with a blue tint. And by ring-shaped cereal, we all know they mean Cheerios with blue food coloring. Typically, these go for $10.99 MSRP with the toy, but many have gone on sale for less than that. Although there is no planned launch date for the leaked package, we can't expect it to arrive later this fall with the other upcoming Funko Serial Waves, which include Golden Girls, Elf, Elvira, Wonder Woman, Freddy Fazbear, and Pac-Man. What a wild bunch of a, what a variety of, of various intellectual properties there are. Uh, but there is the image of the cereal if you do want to get in on that uh if i had to guess i would say the guys over at reckless eating on youtube are probably going to be reviewing this whenever it does launch because they do a ton of cereals like that Uh, so i would recommend subscribing to them because i'm not putting that in my body uh but again Fantastic for collectors. Again, in 20-25 years, this is probably going to be going on eBay for a good chunk of change. Uh, So if you do want to pick up a box, you might want to get one. If you don't, can't really blame you. But hey, if you want some deeply, deeply food-colored Cheerios, uh, then by all means, you can check out the Sonic the Hedgehog cereal with a Funko Pop in it uh, whenever that does roll around this coming fall. However, with that being said, that does round out today's gaming news. If you enjoyed this episode of Caffeine, be sure to drop me a like down below if you are watching on YouTube. And on top of that, if you are watching live on Twitch, I appreciate you being here as well. Of course, the show itself is hosted live five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time if you do want to check out the hottest gaming news of the day. But on top of that, it's then taken down and put up on podcast services as well as on YouTube. Tons of links, tons of sources. You can find one if you try hard enough. Or you can always just follow me on Twitter at PrettyChillGuy. But with that being said, you guys have a phenomenal rest of your Wednesday. I will talk to you soon and peace.